It was a gray, humid day at Old Settlers Park when we arrived. TK, Ben, Josh, Luis, Ryan, Matthew, and me. We knew what we had to do. We knew what was at stake. Not a single word needed to be said to any of us. The park was packed. I spotted my parents at my team's camp. I walked over. I hugged and kissed my dad. I hugged and kissed my mom. This was going to be war. The time came for us to warm up. A mile jog. Stretch. Another mile jog. I put on my race spikes. The call to the start line came. There we were. Flower Mound, Del Rio, the Woodlands, Kingwood, and more. Twelve teams in total. I don't remember hearing or seeing much before the start of the race. Then came the starting gun. certain things dear. For me, family, friendships, going outside my comfort zone, laughter, reaching my goals. When we step back and take stock, we sometimes find there's a huge gap between what we value and the actions we take. This journey, this team, these moments teach me how to bridge this gap. One of the central lessons of these moments for me is commitment. Commitment to ourselves, commitment to the team, commitment to our common goal. Out of it we gained affection, trust, accountability, loyalty. Out of it we earned respect. My name is Adisel Perez. I am your host, Neville D'Angelo. You are on the journey. Welcome. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Central to our success is teamwork, confidence, commitment, communication, 
concentration. These are vital life skills and we experience them at work in the series. Take a few moments to enjoy. Alex Pentland directs MIT's Human Dynamics Laboratory and the MIT Media Lab Entrepreneurship Program. He advises the World Economic Forum and a variety of startup firms. Amongst many noteworthy activities, he helped create and direct the Strong Hospital Center for Future Health. Spotlighting the facts in what he titled The Hard Science of Teamwork, he describes in detail in the Harvard Business Review the new science of building great teams. Let me highlight a summary of what the data shows about great teams and their communication. 1. Great teams communicate frequently. 2. Great teams talk and listen in equal measure, equally among members. Lower performing teams have dominant members, teams within teams, and members who talk or listen but don't do both. Great teams talk and listen in equal measure, equally among members. 3. The best teams engage in frequent informal communication. The higher the frequency, the better the performance. 4. The best teams explore for ideas and information outside the group. They periodically connect with many different outside sources and bring what they learn back to the team. Every member of a great team is vital. That's what we discovered on the day seven boys became men. Part three, because of you. Let's meet Ryan Quesada. Ryan Quesada was a junior on the 2005 Richard King High School cross-country team. He almost decided against running in high school altogether due to his love for baseball and had to be recruited by Coach Castillo and several teammates to rejoin the team. He offers some insight. Yeah, um, well, I've been running since seventh grade. You know, I did everything that you could do there at the junior high level because it was an MVP type deal. Everyone does everything. And uh, coming to high school, I figured, you know, I was pretty decent at it at the junior high level, so I'll keep doing it as a way to get in shape for baseball. Now, my freshman year, I ran strictly cross-country, and I played baseball my freshman year in high school, um, missing out on that. And I, I played a bunch of summer ball that same summer transitioning into my sophomore year in high school. I, um, I wasn't, wasn't going to do cross at all. And I was just done with running, you know. I figured I didn't need to do it, whatever. And, um, you know, after talking to a bunch of teammates, I, uh, I decided, okay, I'll come out and do it again. And it was two weeks before the first meet. And um, I went out there, and JV uh, ended up fourth. And that first meet that I ran back, I was um, pretty much hypo and just completely disoriented after the race. But... 
Um, that the rest was pretty much history after that. Yeah, of course. I remember carrying you from the finish line, having you finish the race and give it your all like you always would, and uh, you were completely disoriented. It was it was funny at the time, but looking back at it, it probably shouldn't have been as funny as it was. So, um, no, I agree. Because of Ryan's initial decision to not run his sophomore year, he didn't train for the upcoming cross country season. Once he was recruited. And after that first race where he collapsed, he definitely won over everybody on the team. Not to say that he hadn't beforehand, but I think it also showed him his own potential. He still had to make a decision between baseball and cross country. Uh, yeah, well, I looked completely at the long run. You know, I figured at the time, um, you know, just being, I guess, new to the whole thing and not knowing what scholarships really were and whatnot, I figured, you know, I can get an easy scholarship running cross-country, which it was not that easy, let me add. Um, and that was pretty much the basis of it. I figured, you know, baseball's tough. Playing at a huge D1 school is going to be rough, and it's going to take a lot of work, which I wasn't used to at the time. And uh, little did I know I had to put in work to get a cross-country scholarship as well. And um, after all that, after weighing out the options, it was seriously like nights that I lost sleep over the decision. I mean, it was... To lead me, lead me to the point where I'm at now in life, uh, it makes me wonder a lot of what would have happened if I would have gone the other direction, you know. But um, you know, look, looking back, there aren't any regrets whatsoever. You know, I it was uh, I was just blessed to have the opportunity to be able to run and continue to run and have the choice to choose between two huge sports, you know, that I excelled at greatly. And um, it, you know, it it was tough, but I mean. Uh, I love the decision that I made and where I'm at now. Ryan offers his perspective on the dynamics of the team in his early years at King High School. Oh yeah, man, it was uh, it was it was interesting coming in. You know, it was kind of as a freshman coming in, I was almost I felt as on the outside of the group. You know, I had coming into a, a huge group of or most pretty close knit group of guys that ever were the top seven and whatnot. You know, top seven eight guys. And um, it was it was almost like I had to earn my spot on there. And um, not sure what actually did it, but uh, it was, you know, it was fun trying to up in the rank. And uh, as I grew, as we grew older together, I guess, you guys were sophomores. And um, I was coming into the freshman, and as we grew older, we grew the next two or three years together. It was just like... The chemistry between us was unreal. I mean, we didn't have to do anything outside of school, and we still, you know, it was almost like we didn't see somebody come back the next Christmas break, and it was like uh, didn't skip a beat. Like you knew exactly what was going on in their life, and uh, it's there's just a hard, bond. it's a tough bond to break. We've mentioned in previous episodes our unique and healthy team dynamic. Ryan discusses his one-on-one relationship with Coach Castillo. Yeah, um, you know, coming in, I want to say he called me this summer. That, that's how I knew to run because he reached out to me at the summer after eighth grade uh, going into King High School. He um, he gave me a phone call and said, hey, you know, um, I hear you're pretty decent at running. I want to, I want to see if you're interested in running high school for King. And of course, I was still in the same mentality at junior high, like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And, um, you know, not a care in the world, I went out there and ran and thought I was pretty good at it. And, um, 
jumping up from running these little fields that we would use to run in junior high level. He was sitting there telling me we're going to get up to eight miles. And um, my heart nearly came out of my throat. I mean, it was just like, wow, like, what am I doing? Are you serious? And, uh, you know, it, it kind of went from there. And um, it took a lot of trust. And he had to really, really, um, I would say, mold us, man. He molded me from being that naive freshman to an experienced like college runner who knows how to train himself and keep himself healthy and, and what to eat, what not to eat and everything like that. And I think it's really where it all started. Um, he, um, like you said, he took me under his wing and I just, that's pretty much exactly like what I looked up to him as. It's a little mentor that I trusted, you know, after that it was, it was a trust, a huge trust factor. Like I trust your workout. I trust your mileage, whatever you're telling me to do, I'm going to go do it because we do have a, a mission in mind, and um, I, I realized that pretty quick. After my freshman year, I realized this is a pretty serious kick. And um, uh, coming into my sophomore year, after that first race, that's when I was like, all right, I'm all in. Let's do it. And pretty much from, from then on, that's pretty much what he was uh, to me. I asked Ryan if he ever even imagined competing at the state level in cross country. Um, no, I had no clue what it was. Like. I, didn't, I had no clue about state meet or regionals. Um, I figured it was just one meet and done, you know, district. And that would be um, comparable to city, the city championships at the junior high level. Um, but then I find out, you know, we can, we can travel now, we can do this and do that. And um, getting to the state meet, like, my sophomore year, from that first race um, back, no, I would never. I never thought I would see myself running at the state level. You know, I knew there was something major. You know, the bigger names in Texas. You know, where that always dominated. And I would listen to you guys talk. And, and of course, it was just all like in one ear and out the other. Like, oh, so and so ran this, ran that. I'm sitting there just like staring. Like, yeah, guys, count me on the conversation, but have no clue what y'all are talking about. Um, and, um, you know, going into my sophomore year, it wasn't until, uh, I want to say regionals, that I figured, okay, we can do this. And I want to say we we were, we had handed to us on a silver platter at regionals. You know, it was, it was, a, it was an eye-opener. Um, and then finally making it to the state meet that sophomore year, my sophomore year, um, it was, uh, it was surreal. I was, I've never been to a, a meet that big before with that, like, you know, huge tents, name brand tents, like just handing out stuff. Like it was a pretty big deal. And, uh, no, I never thought that I would be there with those names that you guys would talk about just a year later, you know, hearing about everything like that. Um, never would I have thought that, uh, I would be there at that, in that light. Ryan continues and gives his perspective on the 2005 cross-country season and when he believed something special was brewing. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that, that was the summer that I knew was possible. You know, I knew um, th- that this team was special. And something about going back to Coach Castillo, I knew that he knew that he had something special as well. Um, and there, in, he, he wouldn't give up. The fact that I I continued running and continued running through high school and college and a little bit after, 
um, I, I owe it to him because he would not give up. And it was always that year where we were all on the same page. And you don't know you're on the same page until you're through a mile of your first cross-country race of the season and you look around and all you see is your own uniform. No other, nobody else. And looking around that at that moment, being up there with the guys that were just leaving in the dust, you know, and looking back and seeing our number seven and eight just over our shoulder, my shoulder, and um, looking around and that's all we saw was everyone right there. And it was just quiet and us running just like it was in the practice. Um, that's when I knew something, something was going to happen. The meet carried on, you know, um, local meets dominated. It was, it was almost like, oh, we're running here. Okay, well, what did I wear that's, that's goofy, whatever. And um, then getting up to College uh, college Station, A&M College Station, we ran, that was our first real test. Um, we ran against the big shots. We ran, the Cinco Ranch was there, the Woodlands were there, Teamwood, uh, Flower Mound was there. Oh, Flower Mound was not there, correction. Um, it was everybody but Flower Mound. We had not raced Flower Mound yet. And, um, you know, leaving that meet with the first place trophy, I think really, really shocked us in the state of Texas. And um, I think looking back at it, I think us at Team High School, we weren't shocked at all. I mean, we had been putting work left and right, and um, we, we knew what we, what we were capable of. And there was just everybody that doubted um, as far as, like, results and individuals that we had on the team versus their individuals, uh, there were a lot of doubters. And uh, I think leaving that meet, everyone realized, like, okay, Corpus Christi is now on the map, and they mean business. So they're no joke. Um, and, that, and I think that's really what set the stage for us, to just keep going, you know. That put us ranked number one in the state. Um, and... It really didn't come alive until Round Rock, when we first Fireman was first there, and they were number two in the state. And it was it was a talk, it was off and on between us two, you know, that we're just the two schools. And um, going into that race, we knew it was our huge it was a huge test, and uh, we we ended up beating them that meet. And they like, you know, they they were pissed off just like everybody else was. And um, being the good sport that they were, you know, they just gave us a little nod on the cool down like a job guy. I don't think much more than that. Um, you know, it was it was a it was the beginning of a little war that was going on, and we opened their eyes as well. And um, really, I think pretty much that's all the entire 2005 season was um, a huge eye opener for everyone, and at the UIL meeting, and then on. We had had a successful cross-country season leading into the regional meet, where we stumbled. Ryan offers his insight on how it affected our expectations for the state meet and how we regrouped. Um, the expectations were, to me personally, were um, out the window until the night before the actual state meet itself. Going into that regional meet, you know, we were we had a huge target on our back, and not going to lie, my chin was really high. I knew we had a hell of a team, and um, 
we were kind of going about it like that, you know, and um, little little did we know, I didn't know, uh, I don't know if anybody else on the team did, but that uh, we were training through that meet. Um, at least I hope so, you know. But um, that was the word from Coach, that we, we trained through that meet, and uh, we should have won that easily. But we didn't because we had another team, and uh, Del Rio outside of San Antonio, who um, who really trained for that meet, and they they wanted state just as badly as we did. Um, and going up to that meet, uh, I would come up on the runners. I came up on uh, Ben um, PK, and I want to say Josh. I don't think I came up on TK. Maybe Josh and Ben for sure. And um, I knew we were in trouble. When I saw the, the back of their jerseys, I figured, you know what? I feel like absolute garbage. And for me to be up here with these guys and, and I'm gaining on them, passing them, something's, something's not right. And panic set in. And I immediately thought, I got I to gotta keep going. I got to keep going. And um, just looking for other jerseys to pick off left and right, and uh, going through that that finish line, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, we were we were in trouble. I knew it from the get go. Everybody, parents, uh, everyone knew that we did great. You know, there were still the supportive family members that we, that we had, and um, coming through that finish line, we were hitting Gatorade from left and right from Mr. Havy, and. Uh, and it was just like a typical meet, you know. They were being positive, but I think everyone in that ran that race knew it wasn't good, including coach. I um, it was uh, it was a scary, scary thought, you know. If um, if he could have like beat every single one of us, he would have after that meet. And uh, I think we beat ourselves, left and right on the way home. I don't think we said a word until we were maybe 45 minutes to an hour from Corpus Christi. We finally got it together, and he pulled us aside after on the way home and said, you know what, we have two weeks until the biggest race of our lives. And this, this was just on the side of a road, a rest stop, last spur of the moment type thing, and he really sat us down and, he let us he let us sit there and talk. He talked what like for thirty minutes maybe, and um, and left it. He walked back to the bus, and we we didn't bother moving, not a single one of us. And uh, I think from then on, it was up to us. Is what he that's pretty sure what he did. And you know, um, talking amongst that little group, we all knew what we had to do. And there was conversation that was thrown out, and. Um, probably the best words of encouragement that we've ever had for each other, picking us, picking each other up left and right, talk about team chemistry, and that was it. I mean, we got our ass handed to us at that meet, and for us to come around and on the way home and turn around just like that, it was uh, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable thing to, to think of and go through. But, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's pretty much what I remember after that meet is um, – there's no shot. We have no shot until that conversation that we had on the side of uh, I-37. Scoring at the state meet is based on the top five individuals for each team. 
Each team is allowed to run seven members, and the team's score is the sum of their top five runners. First place across the line gets one point, second place gets two points, ninth place gets nine points, and so on. The lowest accumulated team score wins. If, for whatever reason, there is a tie between teams, the six runners' position from each tying team is used as the tiebreaker. <laughs> I remember coming down the home stretch on the course and just being in, in a world of pain, and it was something, I think, at that point that I, I hadn't necessarily felt that level of burning in my legs just because I knew what was at stake, and I knew, um, I, I felt like I was having a rough day out there on the course, but I knew what our goal was, and it didn't matter how I felt, it didn't matter what was going through my head, it didn't matter how hard I had to get my teeth to get to that finish line, and and once I crossed, it, it all that was over with. It was all over, and of course, I wait for my teammates, and and we all regroup towards the end of it, and we we kind of gather, and we we I don't know if we limped towards our camp, and our parents, you could see it on their faces, they they didn't know what was going on. We're looking at each other. I'm looking at Ryan and and Ben, and we don't know. There's just question marks hanging over our heads. And, and there was a delay for whatever reason, or it seemed like there was a delay in the results coming out. And, and it may have been a 10-minute window at that point, but that felt like an eternity. And I know it felt like an eternity for everybody involved, just because, again, this wasn't just 10 minutes. This was four years. This was you know going back to even before King High School. This was everything that we had put into our efforts, not only our individual, but everything that brought us together. And, and not to say that it was life or death, but it was close, and it was this close, and we had no clue what side we were going to be on. Ryan, what was on your mind? A lot of uncertainty. I remember feeling, I think everyone felt a lot of uncertainty at the end of uh, that race. Um, I know for a fact that DK was, um, he, he got seventh of the state meet. So either way, you know, he had the day that he, he came out to run the day that he, you know, planned to run. And, um, there's no doubt about it, but, um, crossing that finish line, I, um, I've never been a part of a finish like that where you cross the line with more than one person at the same time. And, uh, it was, it's a, it's a huge, huge feeling, you know, that that guy to my right could have meant something and that guy to my left could have meant something make or break, to make or break us. Um, excuse me. And I, I gave everything I had at me and just running. I don't think I started counting jerseys because I was focused on, I need to finish this race. I need to get through this pain and everything that I was going through. I was not worried about any other team, but that uh, flower mountain team. And they had a little logo on the top of their jersey in the back. And that was all I kept looking for. And other than that, I was not focused on any other team because flower mound and in high school that year were so evenly matched. And I think the state meet proved it. 
once I finished that, crossed that line, it was back to the regional feeling two weeks before. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. I don't know what is, what's going on. And uh, I remember little conversations going on, like, yeah, about the race left and right. And <clears throat> no one knew what was actually going on until I feel as though we're all standing around and the results are getting gathered, posted on the board, and there's a huge crowd around it, of course. And a month, I started walking over there, didn't want to see, so I walked backwards toward the camp. And about halfway through, I stood and turned around, and I was just standing there. And um, through that crowd, I look, and I see Coach Steele walking through, and he has his head down. And he had his... Uh, pretty normal paced walk that he always has and we were kind of and I think putting myself in his shoes I think I would have had just tunnel vision and he looked directly at me and he didn't smile until he was five feet from me and looking at me look, looking straight at me I'm sitting there thinking we, we didn't come we didn't get what we came here for and um he looked at me and smiled and pointed with two two hands and pointed both fingers at me and said, it's because of you. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? And he goes, and he immediately grabs my, my shirt and pulls me in and gives me the biggest embrace I've ever felt. And uh, he told me in my ear, he said, because of you, we won. And he looked up and saw everyone else and just put his fist. And then at that moment, that's the moment that we knew that we did. We, we did it. I mean, we, we really did this. And, um, it's, uh, it was, it was from then on, it was just like the best feeling I could ever describe, you know, that we finally accomplished what we put in, put in for every summer, every year, every season. Um, that moment right there, that feeling, that's what we really worked for. And, uh, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, I'm getting chills now. We couldn't have dreamed just how close it was. King High School, 72 points. Flower Mound High School, 72 points. And Ryan was the tiebreaker. He was our sixth man. He was, he, I mean, we won the state title on a tiebreak. And this state title being the biggest classification, 5A, in UIL competition in the state of Texas. And so... Immediately, of course, we're going insane, and and some of my teammates were crying, and I couldn't understand why they were crying, and some of the parents had tears in their eyes, and um, everybody's just screaming and going wild, and I remember just being, I was, I I remember being so happy, and looking at Ben, who who was like six foot two, six foot three at this point, and just using that as an excuse to jump on his shoulder, I'm like jumping all over Ben, just because it's just a one of those opportunities to just go crazy and nobody can tell you what what to do and so of course we're all smiling and we're kissing and I mean not each other but (laughs) our parents and uh, you know everybody's just so proud and it was just at that moment I remember bringing everybody around you know all all the guys on the team and we kind of all huddled around in a circle and I, I don't even remember the words that I spoke but I just remember saying how proud I was of the guys and how all our hard work has paid off and how at this point, we knew that we were going to Nike Team Nationals, mm-hmm. which was the, the national meet that we had qualified for there. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, there, there were no words 
to describe like the totality of everything, just everything that went into it, and it was amazing. Our standing question of the week is this. What goal are you putting in all the hard work for? What goal are you putting in all the hard work for? We learned so much from this experience, and I asked Ryan what lessons he learned and how they helped him in his years following high school. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back at that, the, um, the whole maturity, you know, we had to mature together a lot, and in more than one way. There is, you know, academics, athletics, huge deal. And moving on to college, I remember those two things were both um, highly emphasized, and we had to maintain a, a really decent GPA to perform on the team. And I want to say that college team is going to be the closest, you know, that we've had to that high school team, that chemistry that we had. But I want to say it's because I had in my own mentality that this, this is my second group. This is my second family right here. And I need to treat them that way. And um, and that's, that's kind of what happened, you know. And then leading from then on, you know, you have not one leader. You have one, you have a top runner. But even at that, there wasn't leadership skills. There wasn't captain duties where they had to punish the other athletes because they were not captain. And the same at the college level, I think. I mean, it's the point to, you know, that we were all equal. It's a round table. There isn't any head, anything like that. And um, carrying on from that, it's pretty much what I need to instill. You know, now I am looking forward to uh, coaching myself, and I think that I do have a uh, high school cross-country job lined up, and I want to carry that out, you know. I want them to know exactly that I've been through all this. I know what it's like, and... If they can trust me as well as I trusted my coach at the high school level, that things will uh, carry on and be for the better. But, um, you know, it all takes leadership skills. And I think even though there wasn't that one leader that I was talking about, I think there were the several leadership skills that we all held each other accountable. We all relied on each other day in, day out. And um, that's pretty much uh, what I took out of it, you know, it's, a lot of life life lessons going through that moment, but um, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty good feeling to know that you can walk out of all of that with something. Ryan shares what he remembers most about his years running at King High School. Oh, um, going back, you know, I remember it's uh, pretty much the you know during the school year everything happened so quickly and. You know, it's, it's almost like a routine. You know, you wake up, go run, go to practice, and uh, go to class, and then practice again in the afternoon, and then after that, it's home, homework, um, sleep. And then from then on, like, I think the biggest thing that stands out is summertime. When um, immediately, 
after school let out, I want to say two, three weeks maybe. We had four weeks, maybe a month, I'm not sure. But um, waking up and waking up early, coming to practice, running in the morning, and, uh, you know, just with everybody throughout the entire summer, those Fridays that coach would bring watermelon or something neat, you know, it's like uh, then coming home, you know. After, I mean, it's just li- little things that I can recall, like, after practice, coming home, the smell of coffee, sleeping until noon, and then meeting up with the guys to go to the beach or something like that. You know, it's just uh, going back to that chemistry that we all had is we we were we were pretty much all we had. We could survive without the entire school there. And um, it's, it's the biggest thing that you can have as a team is being that close-knit and uh, – that, that little chemistry that we had, you know, driving Coach crazy, and we all thought it was hilarious when really he wanted to just wring our neck, um, storing branches in his car, and he had no clue about it. And, you know, it's uh, it's just a little thing that you can really look back and be thankful for at that moment, you know, and the fact that we had the entire summer to build that relationship that we all had and then just carry that over into the seasons, it was uh, that's a really that's a really cool thing to look back on and have and just all the fun moments that we all shared. It was pretty neat. The 2004 Great American Cross Country Festival in North Carolina was our first chance to travel out of state and compete against national caliber teams. Ryan reflects on the experience. That is the year that we my sophomore year we got new uniforms. We were just at a different level, you know, and. Uh, we knew we could run there, but at the same time, I felt as though it was, again, also surreal to me to where I'm still taking all this in that we're in North Carolina, much less running a race here. Wait, is this the national anthem that's being sung before the starting, before the starting gun goes off and everything like that? And going back to that was, um, was a huge moment. You know, we had professional runners there. Alan Webb, uh, Paul Turgot, and Shalane Flanagan, they were all there just signing autographs, and I'm digging stuff out left and right, like sign my bid, sign my sock, anything, whatever you can. It's, it's, it's awesome. It was a really cool feeling to know that um, we were that on top that day that we were just um, on top of everything to where we can travel like that, and the confidence that Coach Castillo had enough to take us to a meet of that caliber. It uh, it goes to show a lot that uh, that we really we really did have something special. Nike Team Nationals was a national cross country meet which invited the top twenty boys teams and top twenty girls teams across the nation to Portland, Oregon to compete. The top Texas boys teams, us and Flower Mound, qualified, and the top two girls teams also from Texas qualified. I encouraged Ryan not to forget about the Harrier Ball. We had some serious dance moves. <laughs> yeah, um, the dance that night was—I mean, it's pretty much. That, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That was the first time that I had ever been on a dance floor um, with a female, as far as. All of us being together and just random people that we had no clue, but everybody having fun at the same time, that is the first time that I have done that. Every school dance that I've been to prior to that, 
was um, consisted of me spending money at the snack bar and standing on the side with my friend. And uh, nothing compared to the fun that we had that night. And it was it was excellent. Everybody that we met, it was it was great. And um, you know, leading up to the same night as uh, Nike Team Nationals, they had a dance there. And ironically, it was all of the Texas teams that were remaining on the dance floor. And with that team, Flyer Mound was included. And um, I think the fact that we had such a huge, uh, how do I say this, huge rivalry with that school and that, that cross-country program, I think it's um, it goes to show that it, we, we, we became so close. We still talked to um, all of those guys. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing, you know, to know that we can hate each other so much when it comes to the, the cross-country course. And once that starting line, everyone toes that starting line, they're not, they're not our friends. We're, gonna, we're out there to beat them just as they are us. But afterwards, it's like the friendship and bond that we gain with that team, it's pretty much they fit right in. And um, those guys, I, you know, I owe them so much for showing me so much and uh, how to be competitive and a teammate and a, a team player at the same time. It's, um, I feel like I would be able to transfer schools mid-season to that school and be accepted in the same way, same for all of them. If they were to do the same, it'd be the same with us. You know, it's a pretty cool friendship that we yeah, we had with those guys. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you uh, you coming on the journey, and of course, Neville always uh, will always open his arms for you to come back on the show whenever you're ready to uh, to share anything else you may. That's awesome, and thanks a lot. And y'all, you guys keep me updated on it for sure. How do you attain, maintain, and perform your level best consistently over the long run? See how the great ones keep doing it in the hunk I dreamed. You too can experience this, the hunk I dreamed, available to you this very moment via any of your digital devices from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. The hunk I dreamed, all yours for less than the price of a cup of coffee. Here also, our audio version coming your way in two winks of a dreamer's eye. The hunk I dreamed by yours truly, Neville D'Angelo. You would have thought this is the end of our story, but what I want to tell you is this. We had just entered a whole new chapter in a great beyond. A whole new world opened up to us. And that's where our next episode begins. Thanks for listening. See you next week.